Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix with Physio Room. And today I'm excited to dive into this episode about functional footwear and Vivo Barefoot. We're joined by Asher Clark. He's a co-founder and design director at Vivo Barefoot, um, all the way from Europe, talking to us on the show today. So Asher, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time jumping on this podcast. Um, absolute um, pleasure. And yeah, um, yeah, really, really happy to be here and looking forward to talking about, you know, human health from the ground up. Yeah, that, that sounds great. That's, um, you know, everything starts with a good foundation. Asher, will you give us a little bit of a background on, you know, how did you get involved with Vivo Barefoot? Like, what what were you doing before? What do you do now at Vivo? And you know, just sort of where'd you come from? Um, yeah, so you know, look, I've always been interested in that kind of intersection, I guess, of you know, people and planetary kind of health or performance. You know, I'm a country boy at heart, um, into surfing and kind of you know, big green and blue health nut, I guess. Um, but also, you know, growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, um, you know, been really, in, you know, that kind of intersection of music and culture, you know, what, you know, what the brands of that time were doing, you know, with, with your Nikes kind of and your Nike and your and Michael Jordan and, that, you know, and, and, and hip hop and music and just that kind of melting pot of, of brand culture performances has always interested me. And, you know, I'm a. Um, I ended up in kind of footwear, um, worked for um, lots of different brands, ultimately as a kind of designer, um, designer kind of consultant um, and um, and kind of effectively kind of happened on happened on barefoot, but kind of, oh, you know, it, in, in many ways, it, 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 you know, barefoot isn't a new idea and it definitely wasn't kind of my idea. In fact, you know, like... Um, you know, when you when you pull up the kind of sheets on it, so to speak, you know, in the 1700s, you know, there was a Dutch physician called Petrus Camper, I think it was, who mm-hmm. um, described shoes at the time. I think of in- instruments of torture. Um, there's, a, there's a there's 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 beautiful visuals I'm sure you've seen before that shows a kind of distorted foot and a kind of yeah. an indigenous and an unshod foot. I think that was him. Um, and then you've got like, um, you know, Phil Hoffman, who was studying indigenous people. And I think he, he kind of, I think he was, he was describing it that, you know, um, that at that time, you know, human feet formed by nature were coarse and vulgar, I think, were the kind of um, the words that the people of that time thought about the foot. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the foot is still unfashionable today, as you know, right? Um, That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah, and then and then I mean, Vivo, you know, it really it was you know the the idea really wasn't ours. In fact, it was this this kid, this guy called Tim Brennan, who was a childhood friend of ours. Um, I think this was in around two thousand. He was a Royal College um, student, and he was um, really into tennis. His dad was an Alexander Technique teacher, and he was twisting his ankle a lot. Yeah, um, playing tennis, 
Um, and the first Vivos was basically him cutting the sole off one of his Nike Hirachis with a bread knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, you know, to cut a really long story short, um, uh, my cousin, who's the CEO of Vivo, um, we were kind of doing various things at the time and we kind of came together to realize that, um, the, the ultimately this is the only way to make footwear, right. And the less footwear you make, the less impact it has on the environment and on your natural biomechanics. And, and ultimately this is the only way to make you know, sustainable footwear is footwear that's good for human and planetary health. And that was a, a pretty kind of novel thing back then. And that's, you know, we, we um, stopped doing everything we, we were doing, unlearned a lot of what we knew about shoemaking and started to try and apply it to making perfect footwear, perfect for feet. Um, and, and, and then all of the education and the coaching that goes with that, because of course, um, uh, you know, the foot, you know, the shoe, the shoe isn't a magic shoe. All it's doing is it's, it's replicating the, the, um, the barefoot condition. And, um, and I guess that's evolved into our mission today. Like, you know, um, all those years later, that is uh, our product mission is, is, is to make regenerative barefoot wear that is regenerative, i.e. net positive to feet human health up the kinetic chain and yep. then ultimately trying to unlock that 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 um the way of making footwear that is not just more sustainable that is um that is regenerative and that is our our mission really mm-hmm. i love that i love that and you know i think i'm going to learn a bit more about vivo barefoot on on this interview with you it's interesting mm-hmm. that you said you you know you kind of found yourself growing up at different uh, intersections of different things. And ultimately Vivo barefoot is at the intersection of the ground and the feet, right? It's like, yeah. it's, it's right there, right where, right where the, the rubber re- meets the road, so to speak. And um, that's awesome that your guys' mission is not only to create footwear that is, you know, good for humans and good for human uh, mechanics, but also not detrimental to the planet, right? Net positive on both, both factors. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, you know, I think it was probably about, two years ago, almost, almost exactly two years ago that I got introduced to Vivo barefoot and purchased my, you know, my first pair and waited for them to ship, ship here to the United States and whatnot. Um, but it was probably like seven years ago that I got introduced to the, you know, the idea of starting to move away from our traditional footwear, the Nikes, the Asics, the Brooks, the, the whatever, and, and purchased my first pair of minimalist shoes. And it was actually a minimalist dress shoe um, by a, a company called Lems. And yeah. then for no other reason than simply aesthetics, I moved back away from that, even though I really liked those shoes, they're nice and wide, my feet felt good. And I started to move back away from those. And then, you know, fast forward to, to two years ago, I've made that transition back again to the, to mostly to Vivos. I think I maybe have like five or six pairs now. And, um, uh, that's for the most part, what I wear almost every single day. So, um, you know, when, when was it that, you know, Vivo Barefoot got founded and, and got started? How, how long ago uh, are we talking? Um, well, yeah, it was, a, it was effectively a, a kind of part of a, another brand um, back in, it was, you know, its birth was, Genesis was in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we, it, it became a standalone brand in, in 2012. Okay. Um, and really, that was the kind of point where um, where 
we I think it, it was basically that point where you had the the kind of um, emotional. It was a kind of it was a, it was a kind of sh- a sharp edge of the knife, if you like, of, of the, the the first barefoot movement that was mm-hmm. the, the 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 kind of science, the rational tipping point, which was Dan Lieberman's um, um, study. The persistent running hypothesis, basically, um, we were born to run, and then of course the book, um, "Born to Run," the emotional kind of tipping point by by Chris McDougall, um, and then and then we 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 were we we then released our first kind of running shoe um, called the Evo, the running this running sandal called the Achilles, and um, and then this other this EVA product that still exists today called the Ultra, and kind of. So there was this there was this big moment of like product emotional rational. Um, that's obviously then that was a big time when when um, uh, I think New Balance had a kind of version of it. Minimus, mm-hmm. Minimus Nike shoe, yeah. were kind of doing free. Um, Merrill were kind of doing a bit of it, and yeah, that was that was the kind of big first moment of of when we when when we kind of went for it, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and and uh, I think a lot of the interesting thing about that is a lot of when you read the book and you get emotionally inspired, you throw away your shoes and you go off running barefoot into the, into the sunset. And, um, but that's not, it's not just the shoe, right. Um, right. you know, depending on where you're at and, and how much, um, your, your, your body kind of hardware and your foot hardware has been affected by footwear and or sitting and or lifestyle habits, your transition into, into standing, walking, running, moving naturally, um is 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 a bigger piece than just changing your footwear um yeah and that and that really kind of then was like holy shit this is um you know this is this this is a the only way you can make footwear this is what we this is how we need to do it um and we need to do it with with just 100 percent dedication work out how to unpack it with education um and frankly we're still trying to work it out today yeah so it's uh yeah the brief is the same, um, and we're just continuing to try and do it better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I love that, you know, people do make decisions almost all the time emotionally, right? And then they justify them after the fact with logic or rationale or whatever. Um, but I think, you know, and maybe this is where some of your guys' education platforms and things have has have come from or been birthed from, but I think that's what will happen to a lot of people. You know, you read that book or you listen to that book and you just make this immediate transition to, I'm going to stop wearing these shoes. And like you alluded to, their body may not be ready for that like cold turkey transition. So what are some of the challenges that you guys have seen like along the way on, you know, people transitioning from traditional footwear that's more commonplace in the world to this more minimalist functional footwear like what are some of the challenges you've seen with that that you've had to probably educate people on on how to make this transition work well for them so that they can um, really get the most out of it? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately our bodies, are, our, our bodies, our constructs are you know hundreds of thousands of years old. We've got the we've had the same bodies, limbs, feet for hundreds of thousands of years, and so we're all we've all got that innate kind of human technology to stand walk run um you know naturally or as nature intended or whatever um and yeah the big the 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 big challenge is um is is you know your body adapts to the environment you put it in i and your feet adapt to the environment you put them in so 
if you put your feet, particularly, you know, when they're when they're young, like in your formative years, you know, it's like 70 or 80% cartilage. If you look at an x-ray of a child's foot, it looks like there's a you've just got these little bones that don't look like they're connected by anything. So if you put kids' feet in footwear that's not foot-shaped or shoe-shaped, the, the feet become shoe-shaped and the muscles and tendons and everything don't don't kind of get strong and elastic and all of those important things that they would normally have done unrestricted by by shoes um, obviously that goes on into later years um, and then up up the kinetic chain you know sit, sitting in chairs also changes the kind of um, alters the 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 um, kinematics I always forget kin- kinetics and kinematics are effectively shapes and forces right yeah, um, and if physics you, class, you guys. Yeah, physics exactly. Yeah, his 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 um about his, his yeah his basic physics, but yeah. So wherever you know, putting your putting your limbs in in space and time, and where your feet are, and ultimately the shape of your feet has a big impact on how you run, so or how you move. Um, so yeah, the, the big challenge is from the ground up. It's foot education, you know, hardware, foot shape, and the impacts of that, and how to kind of try and strengthen and, and get your feet closer to the kind of natural potential, um, you know, posture um, is, is also a really key one. Um, squatting, which ultimately is the measure of, of, of your, um, you know, flexibility and range of, mo- range of range of motion, you know, it's like a deep, a really deep kind of squatted straight back seated position is closer, shows you that you're going to, so yeah, so, Feet, squat, standing, and then and then a few tips on running is kind of what you need to kind of get there. And and um, um, for some reason, you know, like as human beings, we kind of all accept that if you want to learn to play tennis, you need to learn a few moves. If you want to play pool, you need to learn a few moves. Uh, if you want to learn how to swim, then it, it it makes sense to learn swimming. But kind of you know tweaking and learning how to stand, walk, and then run is um, is um is, is is pretty new um to us and that's one of the things that we're yeah we're kind of working on yeah yeah which is so interesting you're you're totally right that you know if you want to play basketball or football soccer any any type of sport you know most people would agree you've got to practice those things to get good at them but we just have this um you know feeling that we should be able to walk and to squat and to run naturally without having to practice those things and that's that's just not the way that it works and you know as a, uh, as a physical therapist, a physio, I understand that some of the best moving individuals we see are the youngest ones, right? They're like the infants who can squat perfectly. They can walk, they can run, they run with like really good mechanics. And then the lifestyle or in the environment, like you alluded to that we put ourselves in is going to impact how we, how we change and how we develop. Um, yeah. now you sort of started to start to go down this rabbit hole of, you know, our bodies and our feet adapt to the environment that we put them in. And if we put our, our foot or our foot shaped foot inside of a shoe, that's not shaped the same way over time, the foot is going to morph to look more like the shape of that shoe. So what are, you know, for people that maybe aren't um, already wearing these types of shoes and this type of footwear, what are some of the really common, um, you know, issues or dysfunctions in terms of the way the foot adapts that we see when people just over their lifetime wear traditional footwear, not minimalist functional footwear. Yeah. Really good question. I mean, there's, there's there's a whole handful, but I guess the kind of, 
the, the most visual one that people will be aware of is what you might call Morton's toe or hammer toe or whatever is when the, is when your big toe starts to kind of invert, um, mm-hmm. um, kind of put your point outwards towards your little toe. Um, and then your second net head or your second toe drops down um, mm-hmm. to allow that big toe adaptation. And the um, and and some people call and and, and in extreme cases, uh, more often than not, with 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 women because they wear even more extreme or some of them wear more extreme shaped shoes. Mm-hmm. They look like, like you, you can call them bunions as well. And what that does right. is that your big toe is your kind of key anchor. Um, and pivot point it's kind of seven times as dense the, the bone is the rest of the 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 the, the, the bones in your foot um, and it's just a really important anchor and pivot point and so having your big toes kind of out um, is your key kind of axis and, and, and where you move and, and and alternatively if that if those big toes point inwards it starts to change your gait so rather than coming in he'll strike off the ball of your foot and then off, off, off of your big toe in walking and or running, um, you start to roll then off the ball of your foot because your big toes are weak out of the game. And that obviously um, changes the biomechanics up the connect chain and puts, puts, puts various forces and tweaks on ankles, knees, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I'd guess um, other things would be um, potentially like um, maybe the next one might be that you know we're all quite obsessed in the west with high arches mm-hmm. um, and or arch support you know with orthotics and or in shoes but but a, 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 a strong healthy arch um, is ultimately you know the key kind of the spring and or shock absorption you know the, the, the fascia um, in the arch of your foot so an arch needs to load when the foot is landed and underweight, and it needs to unload um, like a spring, literally putting a kind of spring in your step. Um, so almost flatten when it lands, and then and then recoil when it when it doesn't, and and that is linked to your Achilles tendon and up your calf muscle all the way up through your back springs muscles, causing your big kind of your your your, your spring or whatever. So if you've got weak um, arch muscles and fascia as a result of supporting them so they can't move, then, then, then ultimately that's a key area of your feet that get weak. And a common, again, visual that you might see if you look, look from the back of an ind- individual's feet is when the, you, you start to lose the strength and then your ankles roll inwards, your balls of your feet have rolled inwards because of your, your big toes. Um, and again, you then start to get pretty serious issues up up through the body and you know and, and ultimately like as human beings like the you know they, there's this there's a saying that movement is medicine and once right. you stop moving you're effectively dying right it's almost like the worst thing being being sedentary is worse than smoking drinking taking drugs moving is everything right so right. if you if 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 you know broadly you sign up to the idea that you know move your foundation of movement is is effectively your feet. If you're if you're if you're damaging your feet, then 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 ultimately you're affecting your ability to move. If you're affecting your ability to move, then you got serious problems. I love that. That little um, discussion you just went on basically summarizes this whole episode right there. We're we're barely getting started. Um, yeah, and I think those two things that you went through, kind of you know the the pushing over or the drifting of the the large toe 
or, or the development of bunions. And then this concept of like dropping arches or, you know, people being enamored with needing arch support are two of the main things that, you know, we talk about on a daily basis in our office. And then the other one that, I, you know, maybe I think of when it comes to shoes and this, this has nothing to do with the width of the shoe really, um, and more to do with, you know, the drop of the shoe or how thick is the shoe from front to back. And is there a thickness difference in the heel compared to the front of the shoe is people yeah. get shortening of their, of their Achilles tendon of their calf yeah. because their foot is in a downward, slightly plantar flex position in a lot of the traditional shoes. And, you know, these are three of the most common things that come to mind for me. What I love to talk about when people um, talk about arch supports and, it, you know, a lot of it's just misinformation out there. Like people are told by medical professionals, by their parents, by whoever, shoe store um, representatives that, you know, we need arch supports. Um, you know, you stand on some some sensor in the store and you get told, oh, you have high arches. You need a high arch support orthotic yeah. is, um, you know, this idea of like if any other part of our body was injured, like say you, you fell, you tried to plant your hand and you like sprained your wrist and yeah. you went to the orthopedic and he or she decided it was appropriate for you to wear a wrist brace to let that tissue heal. Yeah. They wouldn't be telling you, you need to wear a wrist brace for the rest of your life because yeah. your wrist needs support. But that's yeah. the, that's the approach that we take um, commonly with arches is, you know, you need to wear an arch support and when those wear out, you need to get another one or you need to get a stability shoe or something. And sometimes breaking this, uh, breaking this like narrative um, in people's minds is a little challenging to, to help them understand really the way forward, the way to move forward from this with movement being medicine is to start to get you away from that. Like your body will change if you introduce it to certain stressors in a good way. Yeah. And we can get you out of that thing in most cases, right? Totally, yeah. And I mean, it's um, if you think, you know, if you just put your evolutionary filter on that, you know, go back to what we were talking about before, you know, millions of years of evolution, you know, has done a bloody good job. And I'll tell you what, the best bit of technology to go into a shear is effectively the human foot. We can't get close to it, right? Right. Um, so the, so the, the construct of big shoe or the shoe industry that we, that we know today is that is based on the fact that your feet are weak and you need to put loads of fancy underfoot technology to support what is fundamentally a flawed design, mm -hmm. which is your feet, which is obviously crazy, right? You know, um, and um, so, you know, you don't need arch support, you don't need thick cushioning because you've got springs and energy return built in. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, you don't, you, you kind of don't need all that stuff. And to your point, right. Um, it's exactly that, you know, it's like if, if something is, is weak or a bit damaged, the most important thing is, um, to, to, to rehab it and get that strength back in it. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, there is this, there is this kind of, I guess, mentality and, and you're, and you deal with it on a daily basis of, of, um, of, of support and intervention, you know, mm -hmm. medical intervention when, um, when actually, yeah, just a bit of just a bit of preventative stuff and getting stuff, getting the mobility back in it, getting strength back in these things is, is what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, you know, I love to tell people an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of treatment. I don't like to say cure, but, but, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of treatment, um, or of intervention. You're absolutely right. And, you know, you had mentioned, uh, you know, cushion, 
and, and building the strength back in and things is, you know, the, the more you continue to provide yourself and your foot with more support, more cushion, more of this, more of that, it just continues to perpetuate the problem. And it just, you know, it just keeps making it worse. And you need more of that then to feel the same way. And a lot of times, you know, whether we're talking about running or walking, you know, I've had this same conversation with, uh, you know, my family members, my parents, my mom is one of these people who she has had surgery to, to repair her bunion. And then 25 years later, she had the same surgery again, because that thing came right back uh, because the root of the issue wasn't ever really addressed. Right. And the metal that was in implanted in her foot that got changed by the the footwear over time. But, um, but yeah, a lot of people will wear shoes that have large stacks of cushion and um, the rationale for wearing it is that it decreases the shock or decreases the pressure on their foot. Yeah. And coincidentally, what the research would suggest is directly the opposite of that is that our body is looking for feedback. Our body is looking for sensory um, connection from the ground. And the more cushion and more padding you put in between your foot and the ground, the harder we intuitively are going to strike the ground to try to get that same feedback from the floor or from the ground. So you know, a lot of the running research would actually suggest people with more cushioned shoes have higher impact forces. And, you know, we'll talk to some running uh, experts and running rehab people on this show, but, you know, I want to make sure in case people didn't listen to both episodes that they, you know, they hear that on this, on this episode too. And, you know, I'm assuming that's, you know, that's, that's part of what goes into the, the very minimal approach of the shoes that you guys make having like a very small amount of, um, fabric or of of cushion between the the foot and the ground yeah yeah so um yeah i mean uh yeah i mean look footwear footwear does go back you know you know tens of thousands of years probably more than that um mm-hmm. but footwear was was invented by humans almost as a tool right for protection right. from cuts and cold cuts and thermal damage but basically that's it um and it wasn't until we started riding horses that we then put on, we, we then had pointed toe shapes to get in the stirrups, heels to stop our heels from going through the stirrups. And that kind of became the construct, if you like, mm-hmm. of what was fashionable and cool. Sure. Um, so obviously that kind of toe shape exists today. And then that heel toe differential, which you were, which you were talking about yeah. here um, also exists today, but with, with, um, with cushioning and, 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 one of the really interesting things that not many people think about is your feet are the ultimate movement sensors, right? They're, they literally got exactly the same amount or very close to the same amount of nerve endings in as your hands. Right. So your, your hands are made to feel and your feet are made to feel. So it, 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 it kind of stands to reason that the, 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 the kind of sensory ability of your feet is is intrinsically important to your proprioceptive system and when and 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 your ability to move efficiently mm-hmm. and injury free um, as an upright kind of biped and 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 um, yeah so it's effectively movement is is shapes and forces um, kinetics kinematics and that information your brain's getting from your feet that split second information of where your feet are landing is allowing your brain to put your limbs in the right place and obviously in the case of when you run without cushioning it's 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 shorter bouncier strides and your you know head upright as opposed to when you put cushioning under your feet Mm -hmm. your brain is getting confused and it's almost like walk running 
It's yeah. like walking is 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 efficient because um, almost like a pendulum type movement, and because your body isn't getting that feedback from the ground, it's able to heel strike or walk run or what we call kind of jog. So it's kind of lazy. Your body kind of naturally trying to conserve energy, lazy movement, um, and 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 you know, uh, in terms of injury, it's a little bit like if you had a a, a kind of baseball bat. Well, maybe that's a bit strong, but if you had a kind of little rolling pin and you hit yourself on the head, you'd only do it once because you're going to feel it. Right. If you had a kind of, um, uh, I don't know, like a kind of soft helmet on and, you, and you're hitting yourself over the head, you could do it quite a lot, but ultimately it's going to, you're going to lose brain cells, right? Right. So it's the same kind of concept with, yeah. with, with cushioning. You know, if you, if you mask that important information, you run badly and then it causes shocks up the body again and, and you have long-term uh, challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just chatting with, uh, with somebody else on another episode and, you know, we were, we were sort of talking about that with the hands and how, you know, say if you're a neurosurgeon, you need to have fine motor, motor control. You know, you want to wear like the most dexterity benefiting gloves possible so that you can move and you can feel you're not going to wear oven mitts while you're yeah. trying to perform neurosurgery. Well, it's the um, same yeah. thing. If, if you need your feet to, to sense and to feel things, the more cushion and masking you put on them, the harder that's going to be. And the more they're going to have to work and your brain's going to have to work to try to get that feedback. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of times that's, that's why we'll see things or we'll see people in the, uh, in the office who maybe they're running marathons or half marathons and they will come back after their race or after their long training with just blisters or toenails that just look absolutely crushed from, from their run. And they didn't even realize that that was happening because of the adrenaline and the cushioning. And like, they didn't even realize it until they took their foot out of that shoe. And they're like, Whoa, look at what happened. Um, that sensation is just, is just limited. So, so yeah, I, I hope you guys, when you're hearing what Asher's talking about, like, this is, this is important. This is foundational functional movement, and it's going to affect everything that you do, whether you're standing, you're walking, you're running it, it doesn't matter squatting. It's, it's going to affect it all. So um, you know, I'm fortunate to have found, you know, a organization like Vivo Barefoot that, you know, I absolutely dig the shoes, got a couple different styles for, you know, casual, for workouts, for you name it. But, um, you know, where do you see Asher, like their shoes, um, that you guys have on your site, their shoes for, for fitness, their shoes for lifestyle, their shoes that are a little bit more casual and dressy all with the same goals in mind. Where do you guys see vivo going in the future and i would love for you to like start to touch on some of these like educational um courses and platforms and things that you guys have that man i haven't even like gotten to experience the breadth of that stuff yet sure sure um so um so yeah um in terms of the the education kind of piece we've just launched um a, a kind of a digital platform called vivo health um, and and the idea is, you know, this is it's the most important product that we 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 we've never made in some ways. So it's a service, kind of not about a shoe, um, and ultimately a place to kind of reconnect from, for, you know, back to your natural self and your natural potential. Um, it's going to turn into a bigger platform that goes all the way up, you know, through the various touch points of natural health. But of mm -hmm. course, with us, it kind of starts with your feet. Um, and it's effectively a, a hub, um, of courses and experiences that guide you through the, the, the joy of moving again, you know, feet, squat, 
walk and obviously you know the, the, the whole thing that we say is you really got to kind of walk before you can run so depending on where you are on that journey you got to build up you know when the when when it is just um you know uh, without any kind of cushioning or back to back to back to barefoot the barefoot condition as it were um this helps you go on that that journey um you know slowly in the right way um and do it in, in a joyful way without any kind of real hiccups um so yeah the content is 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 ultimately kind of curated by a growing number of kind of health experts not just kind of internally um and it's got cool ideas little health hacks um and um you know in the future it will all it will all go up to you know up the connect chain gut biome and 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 everything to do with you know reconnecting into the natural world and natural health yeah at a bigger level yeah i love that i love that um you know, for people that don't know or who have never, you know, tried out a, a shoe from you guys, where is Vivo Barefoot based out of anyways? Um, we're based um, from the UK. So, yeah, we're English cobblers. Um, and our, our head office is in London. Um, and we're about to create an office somewhere between Somerset, which is the southwest, where, where me and my cousin, the CEO, were born. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're going to move the campus, as it were, or the main campus out into nature. Cool. Um, it's hard to kind of have a mission about, you know, the importance of reconnecting into the natural world and your kind of natural potential from the from the middle of London. Um, yeah. so the middle of the concrete. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> middle of the concrete jungle. Um, and so, yeah, that's where we're, that's where we're based. Um, it's, uh, it's a very exciting time for us right now. We're just in terms of product we're, we're splitting into kind of three kind of key categories outdoor um active and kids mm -hmm. um with um some you know now they're going to be run as almost separate kind of little entrepreneurial teams that sure. really under the skin of the product the proposition the customer the bespoke journeys the experiences the education that come with that um, so we've got some um, these, these some incredible people now that have uh, joined the the Vivo mission, mm -hmm. uh, doing all of that. Um, and so there's some uh, brilliant um, new product with you know and, and exciting end of life solutions and experiences on the way to kind of uh, add to our mission and our momentum. Yeah, so it's, it's a fun time. Yeah, I love that. And you know, your the passion is fueling the fire. It sounds like to me listening to you talk um and i think the idea to move your guys as like headquarters is is that's awesome to just connect that infinitely like right there in line with with what you guys are talking about um so so for somebody who has never um never tried a pair of vivos who who might be listening to this i know you know you're going to purchase those shoes online type of thing um and say that say that maybe they hop on your guys's website and they um you know, they're concerned about finding the right size shoe and they're like, I, I'm not sure. I see the sizing guide, but I'm, how do I know if they're going to fit? Um, can you just speak to, you know, um, how that person's going to experience, like maybe they purchase a shoe, maybe they buy a size 10 and it, it gets to their home and like, oh shoot, they try it on and they just feel like it's not right. Um, I know you yeah. guys and all the experience I've had customer service has been, been phenomenal. So how do you take care of a situation like that? Um, so that we can encourage someone to not hesitate wanting to try out a pair of these shoes. Sure. So, I mean, I think the first thing is, and, and this is part of the Vivo health thing. The first thing is, 
is um, ultimately um, going to, there's a little why barefoot um, kind of button on our website, which will give you the kind of why of, of what's different about um, Vivo footwear and perhaps footwear you're used to. Um, and really there's no secret sauce. All we're trying to do is make as little footwear as possible, ultimately get back to the kind of barefoot condition. Um, from there, you, the, the, the funnel, so to speak, is what we call a kind of assessment tool. Mm-hmm. So that basically looks at, it gives, it's a multiple choice of, you know, are you new to barefoot, are you not? Um, foot shape, your, what's your, where, you, where you're at with your squat, what you're going to use your footwear for, and that will help kind of give you some kind of basic transition advice and or some advice into the, perhaps the type of footwear that would suit your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then in terms of the fitting thing, so um, this is a really interesting one. Um, the, 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 the long answer um, or, or yeah, the, the long, long answer is making the perfect fit for, for feet that are ultimately all shapes and sizes is um, a big innovation piece that we're working on that perhaps we can talk about at the end. But what we make is the perfect, um, what, what we make is a data-driven kind of foot shape that fits the mean or the, 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 the majority of shapes, um, so to speak. Um, so if my advice on fitting is, is ultimately if you've got a particularly wide foot then you want to opt for a little bit more toe room um, because you're ultimately putting um, a, a, a something bigger in the in the shoe, as it were. And if you've got a slightly slimmer foot, then you perhaps go for a little bit less toe room um, mm-hmm. because the fitting will be slightly different. Um, and all of those instructions are are on the website. And again, we're working, we're constantly working to make that as friction free and um, and and as and as simple as possible. So that's in. In, in in size in the size guide all those videos and how to's yeah. yeah awesome yeah and i found that you know size guiding and whatnot um it, i've even seen some of the changes that you're mentioning over the last couple of years as i've purchased a couple of different uh pairs of shoes the the experience is a little bit different helps to dial that dial that experience in uh to each individual so i found it extremely helpful and from listening to you talk uh you know about why why wear barefoot shoes uh, you've got me convinced to to keep doing this, and as I wear one pair out, just get another pair, and um, yeah. and not go backwards in my transition to this functional type of footwear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear you expand just a little bit more um, on you know what you mentioned Vivo Health and um, you know the the natural health evolution and the platform you guys are uh, creating, but like what else is next for for Vivo Barefoot, and where do you see your guys? Um, you know, organization going in the future? Like what innovation, as you mentioned, is coming? Yeah, I mean, um, you, you're, uh, your listeners are probably going to hear this first, um, but effectively, um, yeah, we're on a mission to make, you know, you know, perfect footwear, perfect for feet and, and ultimately um, perfect for the planet. Um, and, and the real kind of challenge to do that um, is, is, Number one is the shoes are made in, you know, the, we, we are made in, you know, the best, but ultimately, um, you know, oversee quite complex supply chains. Um, so shoes are inherently complex with multiple layers of, of parts and pieces that come together, um, made on the other side of the world. A lot mm-hmm. of them make shoes in, in Asia. Um, we've got a, a really cool kind of social 
um, um, uh, factory in, 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 in Ethiopia and, and we'll make sure that she's in Portugal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too is, you know, um, millions of shoes are produced each year. Actually, 20 billion shoes at large are, are produced each year. Um, and they, 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 they tend not to have end-of-life solutions. So they effectively, you know, it's a big landfill problem. Yeah. Um, and, and then finally, we talked about fit earlier. And, and the problem is, is that in general, shoes don't fit, right? Because his feet are all different shapes and sizes. So mm-hmm. our big innovation piece is effectively trying to use technology to create a localized digital value chain to go from scanning your feet to made to measure footwear delivered to you um, as a uh, um, to, to, to delivered straight to you. So it's kind of um, it's, it's ordering um, you rather than mass ordering um, yeah. and ultimately with with end of life solutions. So it's perfect footwear, perfect for feet with an end of life solution and a, and a really small footprint, only making what you need to make perfect for the individual is yeah. is the thing that we will be launching in september this year so we're very excited by that that is that is awesome and i can't wait to see that uh transition happen because you know with so many other things um in life when people you know order things or uh you know whether that's food or whether that's clothing or whatever like we all want things that are like fit us perfectly and that are unique to us or they're the recipe yeah. that we like. And, and yeah, I think everybody listens to this probably has had that experience where you go into the shoe store and you try on box after box after box of shoes, because what you're putting on just doesn't feel right. And just doesn't feel comfortable. And then you're left with like, you know, you're, you've just picked the best one of the options where none of them really felt like the ideal one, but it was just the best of the choices that you had. I know I've experienced that. So, so no, that would be, that would be amazing. Yeah, so that is, yeah, that's the kind of um, holy grail, so to speak, or the North Star, and we're gently going to be unlocking, well, we're unlocking it as we speak, but we're gonna, we're, we're, it will become a, uh, a consumer-facing thing at the end of this year. Um, it's not going to overtake, you know, the, the, the way we also make our, our footwear now, which is, you know, I think um, in the upper percentile of like you know we're ultimately a b corp so we we externally kind of measured on our kind of social environmental corporate kind of impact anyway so we kind of hold ourselves and the way we make things and do things up you know to to the highest levels of transparency and there's obviously plenty of work to do there but um yeah sure this innovation piece is 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 kind of spearheading that that direction yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i love that Vivo is holding themselves to a high standard here, guys. Do your do the same for yourself and order a pair and try out those shoes if you haven't done so already. Um, all right, Asher, if somebody wanted to go on and purchase a pair of shoes, um, you know, as we like wind down this episode and wrap this up so you can get back to your family, where can people find you guys? What's the best way to get in touch with you guys? You know, what's the website or whatever? Where can people find Vivo Barefoot so that they can learn more information about you guys? Yeah, so um, yeah, www.vivobarefoot.com um, is where you where you ultimately find us. We're kind of, uh, you know, we're 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 kind of hanging around on Mark Zuckerberg's channels and Instagram, and you know, we you can find us on YouTube for plenty of uh, trips, tr- tricks, and tips, and you know, unboxings from various um, people that are that are trying us out too. 
Um, we've got retail in various parts of the world. But yeah, if you come to vivo.com, if you want to visit us physically, you can see where, what our retail kind of map looks like. Um, you know, I hope you, if you do um, have the experience, I hope you have a good experience. You know, we're really not putting any secret sauce into anything we're doing. All we're trying to do is get as close to barefoot as possible whilst delivering the function, be it outdoor, trail, climbing, walking, running, movement every day um, we can. Um, we've got a long way to go, um, but we're, we're excited to still be on the same journey. And uh, yeah, listen, Andrew, thank you for, 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 for this 50 minutes to chat about everything Vivo and natural health and foot health and all of that. And um, really appreciate the opportunity to share this with your, with your, with your listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, like we sort of talked about you guys sitting is bad for you footwear that negatively changes the, you know, the dynamics of your foot. That's not good for you either. So Asher and I are both going to get up out of these chairs. I'm going to go put my vivos on and uh, yeah. get myself outside. Asher, thanks again for being on here. Visit Vivo Barefoot online, check out their shoes, check out their stuff and um, and share your experience. You know, find them on uh, on social media. Let me know how you like them, um, if, if this is how you found out about them. But again, thank you for being on here and tuning in to this episode of The Code and listening about Vivo Barefoot. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much.